0: This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. With another 60 minutes of radio drama, this is the Relic Radio Show, which you can find every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. While you're there, if you'd like to help support this and all of the Relic Radio shows, click on one of those Donate buttons or visit donate.relicradio.com. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. This week, we're going to begin with The Adventures of the Falcon and The Case of the as Lark, his story from August 23rd, 1950. After that, it's The Whistler and Letter to Melanie. That story aired June 5th, 1949.
1: And now, the case of the larcenous lark. It's late Wednesday night in New York, and in Arnie Kessler's very private gambling club on East 69th Street, tall, handsome, gray-haired George Watkins stands at the end of the dice table shaking the dice cup in his manicured hand and makes his roll. Five's your number. Right-o. Once again, Watkins shakes the cup. Come on, little five. And makes his roll. Seven. Watkins smiles wryly, shrugs lightly, puts down the cup, and pushes through the crowd. He finds the door to Kessler's private office open and walks in. Kessler is seated at the desk.
2: Oh, Watkins. Sit down. Thanks. How'd it go tonight? For you, fine. I'm clean. Tough luck? I'm bound to change. Uh, How's my credit? Strained to the limit. I'm afraid I'll have to close the book on you. That's all I wanted to know. Good evening, Kessler. Uh, You're down for 35 grand, Watkins. That's a lot of groceries. I understand. I'm a realist, Kessler. Don't fool myself. No false pride. So I have to face the fact. The moment I'm no big shot, I'm flat. Bum investment. I'm surprised you carried me this far. Oh, you'll pay off. I'm glad you're so sure. It's my business to be sure. In that case, a uh, little more credit. Uh, now let's not overdo a good thing, chum. Got to draw the line somewhere, you know. You just pay that thirty-five, and you can have all the credit you like. All right. I'll get it. You bet you will, Watkins. You bet. <laughs> Here you are. Just sign these papers and I'll run along. Yeah,
3: just a minute, Watkins. to get this. How do you like this phrase? Uh-uh. Uh, you're right. It's corny. Uh, maybe it's better like this. Now, nah, nah, it was better before. Rex, please. I mean, I've got to be going. Okay, Watkins.
2: Give me the papers. Here you are. Here's the pen. Okay.
3: You know, it's funny, I had it the right way in my head, but it's gone. No, I tell you, if I could remember, it's terrific.
4: All right, Rex, but look what you're doing.
3: Sign my name, I gotta look for that.
4: Don't you even read what you're signing?
3: I can't be bothered, that's what I pay Watkins for. My business manager, huh, Watkins? <laughs> that's right, now now these checks. Right.
4: You think you'd be interested?
3: Interested? In whereas's and double entries and capital gains? I say it's spinach and to Watkins with it. Okay, Watkins, there you are. I
2: now you can get back to your
3: work. And so long, Rex. Goodbye, Miss Long. Yeah, hey, I'll be seeing you. Bye. you got to catch it. It's a natural, believe me.
4: What do you know about him? Who? Watkins.
3: Oh, great. Saved what? me nearly ten grand in income taxes last year. Well, if you
4: don't even check on him, I...
3: Rita, Rita, I know what I'm doing. I make the moolah. Watkins sees that I don't spend it faster than I make it. That's Who's all. to see
4: he doesn't spend it?
3: Oh, for the love of Pete, Rita. I mean
4: it. You expect me to marry you? You've got to have some sense of responsibility.
3: Yeah, sure, sure. Baby. Baby, there it is. I know, I get it. You like? Not bad. Not bad? It's great. What are you doing? Call him I no good of an agent? Rex, I'm trying to tell Yeah, not now, honey, not now. Hello? Uh, Halloran, Halloran, listen, I've got another. Even you'll be able to sell it. Who is it? Who is it? The cold Porter of the 50s. I'm telling you, I've got something that'll make you. Rex? Who else? Look, Rex, before you get all... Now, up, will you I'll... shut up? You haven't even heard it yet. goes with those lyrics I showed you yesterday. Now, listen. Did you hear? Yes. Well... It's a nice tune, Rex,
2: but you know that you no
3: can't... No buts, Halloween. This is it. How soon can you get it to Sinatra? Be
2: reasonable, Rex. We
3: can't... Now, look, expect. I don't want any argument. All the time I bang out songs that sell themselves, you try to sit on them. If it wasn't for that contract, believe me, brother, you'd be out, but fair.
2: Listen to the cornball. Where were you before I took you over? Strictly minor leagues. Now it's the big leagues and you're beating huh? You got a nice tune. I'll do what I can Now, look, you. shut
3: up. I want you over here this afternoon, understand? Huh? That creep always got to give me conversation. You'd think a guy'd get some encouragement once in a while, but no, nice tune, he says. And you won't even listen.
4: Got a yap about what? I listen, Rex. It's just that I'm worried. You have to turn everything over to watch
3: All right, look. Look, I'll take it once more slow. Now try to dig it this time, baby, will you? When you're getting the chips, you hire yourself a business manager. Everybody does it. I'm not the only Thanks one.
4: Thanks so much for telling me. But everybody doesn't just sign papers and checks without even knowing what they are.
3: All right, let's not get in a hassle about it, huh? Well,
4: if we're going to get married... Who
3: says we're going to get married? Ray! Well, if it's going to be nag-nag-nag all the You're time. You're not serious. Maybe I am. I don't know.
4: Well, I was only trying to be helpful. I don't... Why have... Why
3: have... Oh, have to... for Pete's sake. It's... Look, baby, I got a great idea banging a lot my head. I it's... want to get it on paper. Do you have to pitch a hissy now? I'm trying, Rex. I don't just... Now, oh, will you cut it out? <laughs> Honey, honey, look Doggone it, listen, will you? All right, I'll call Watkins I'll get an appointment, see He'll explain just how I stand financially Black and white, get it all figured out, see. Now, will you please turn off the Niagara and let me get to work?
2: Oh, oh, Kessler Hello, Watkins Mind if I come in? No, of course not. Thanks. As a matter of fact, I... I have something for you. Glad to hear it. Yes. Here you are. Hmm. One, two, three, four, five grand. Oh, mm. God. That leaves an even thirty. It uh, may take a little time. Oh, that's all right. Just so long as you settle up before you leave town. Leave town? You You bought a ticket for Chicago this morning. How do you know? Have you been having me followed? Let's just say I have a very sensitive Ouija board. hmm? You see, Watkins, when I have money outstanding, I like to keep in touch. That's why I don't want you going away until the account is closed. I should have expected this. Very well, Kessler, you've got me. No use denying there's the ticket. I, I was leaving. As a matter of fact, I'm on... Bit of a spot. Let's let's face it. I, I'm trapped. How so? Well, I'll tell you. Always was one for cards on the table. It, it's like this. That five thousand I just paid you came from Rex Elber. Only, Elber doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. I had counted on him for considerably more. From time to time, you understand. You can't rush these things, or they show up. Well, well, Elber called a few minutes ago. Wants to go over the account. I don't know what's gotten into him all of a sudden, but. There it is, have to face it. He wants an accounting, and I can't possibly explain the check I cashed. It, well, if it hadn't happened so fast... So you were going to run out. Well, what can I do? Uh, perhaps if you give me back that 5000 and I return it to Rex, he, he may not press the charges. Sure. I blow five grand, and if Elba decides not to play ball, you're in the soup anyhow. Well, it was a thought. I don't call that thinking. Well, what can I do? Elber isn't your only client. You have others. That's why I gave you credit. Oh, they watch closer. Still, I I suppose over a period of time, I could raise the rest. Take your time. I won't rush things so long as I get payments on account like this every so often. But I don't have time. That's just it. Elber wants a showdown today. Can't you stall him? Oh, not for long. only I could keep him from asking about that check, there must be something I can do. Not only there must be Watkins... There better be.
3: Come in, doors open. Okay, now what can I do? Hey, wait a minute. So what's the idea? (laughs)
2: Yeah? Is uh, this where Mike Waring lives, the Falcon? Yeah. You him? I'm he. Well, Halloran's my name, Vic Halloran. Rex Elba's agent. Uh, congratulations. On what? Being Elba's agent. He must be a gold mine. Golden goose, more like. Somebody killed him. Oh. Yeah, that's why I'm here. I need a detective. Heard a lot about you. Always figure anybody has a reputation, he must have something on the ball. Oh, well, I'll concede the point. Shall we go inside and talk business? No need. I'll only be a minute. I discovered the body, see? So I'm on the spot. Cops just put me through the ringer. Any reason you should be suspected, other than discovering the body? They suspect everybody. Oh, and you've got nothing to worry about. No more than anybody else. All right. It's like this, see? Who likes his agent? All the time gripes. How come you aren't doing more for me? Rex and me had words often. Loud words. Uh-huh. But he's my meal ticket. I'm going to knock off my own meal ticket? Ah, yes. The golden goose. Get out of it, will you, Waring? Okay, Halloran. Try Rita Vaughan, Warble at the Zigzag Club. You think she did it? she mixed up in it. How do you know? She's a dame. Rex is current. And believe me in a thing like this, always include the dame in. I'll make a note of it. Dames are trouble. You can count it. Nothing but trouble. Halloran, you're speaking of the women I love. Take it from me, Waring. Nothing but trouble. (laughs) Spoken like a confirmed bachelor. Bachelor? I'm paying alimony three ways. Now get on it, Waring, will you. (laughs)
1: Mike Waring has been in Vic Halloran's employ for 20 minutes. Just long enough to get from his own place to the Zigzag Club, where Rita Vaughn has just admitted him to her
2: dressing room.
4: All right, Mr. Waring, now what is
2: Well, there's no question about it. You're a dame.
4: What is a detective?
2: And dames are trouble. Oh? Mm-hmm. I have it on the authority of a three-time loser.
4: And you're looking for trouble?
2: Rex Elba's trouble. Were you it?
4: I was his dame. Mm-hmm. But I had nothing to do with his death. Uh-huh. So if that's all you want, you might as well run along. Who said it's all I want? I can tell you who killed Rex if that's what you want. Well, I'd like
2: to get around with that, Angel, but uh, I'm in no hurry.
4: His business manager, George Watkins.
2: Why do you say that?
4: Rex had an appointment with Watkins today to check on Watkins' handling of Rex's affairs. The murder was a little too opportune to be a coincidence.
2: All right, Rita, I'll check on it.
4: Well, you can't check on it in here. Hey, you seem in a hurry to get rid of me. I'm on in a few minutes. I'd like to get ready. And the show must go on. You said it, Mr. Waring. Maybe you think I'm taking Rex's death too. Maybe you think it doesn't mean anything. Could I. Get out of here, will you?
2: Hello, George Watkins around? Who wants to know? Mike Waring. Well, well, the Falcon. This is an unexpected pleasure. Well, you must be Arnie Kessler. I must be. Can I offer you a drink? No, thanks. You uh, get around a lot. Thirty-three. How come you got around here? Could be I like roulette. Oh, you know better than the buck the house percentage, Waring? <laughs> That's no way to encourage business. Some kinds of business I can do without. So you're uh, looking for George Watkins, huh? Yeah, I understand. He's a regular patron here. I wanted to confirm it. You expect an answer from me? No, I guess not. Is that all you wanted? Well, I'd like to know how Watkins was doing. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, well, I didn't think you'd tell me. I'm not crazy. I start talking about my client's affairs, I'd be out of business fast. Well, in that case, I guess I'm just wasting my time around here. I'm glad you realize it. Might as well be running. Oh, no need to run, Waring. You can walk. As long as it's to the nearest exit. (laughs) Hello? Hello, Watkins, this is Arnie Kessler. Yes, Kessler, what is it? Who
5: knew that Rex Elba wanted an
2: accounting with you today? Well, I didn't know anyone did, except you. Why? Mike Waring was just here, the Falcon. He guessed you'd been losing at the tables. Oh, dear. Relax, he's still guessing. I didn't give him anything. But if he's checking... I don't think he
4: can prove anything, but I thought you ought to know.
2: Yes, yes, thanks, Kessler. uh, who could have put him on to... Of course, that girl. What girl? Rita Vaughn. Never did care for her style of singing. Maybe I can figure a way to make her change her tune. Hello, Rita.
4: Oh, Mr. Waring, back again,
2: huh? Yeah, I thought I'd catch the last show. But as long as you're table hopping, uh... How about searching at mine for a while? Well,
4: I only have a minute.
2: I'll settle for that. All right. I've been checking on Watkins.
4: Find out anything?
2: Uh Uh-huh. He likes to gamble.
4: Oh, well, that could explain. Uh Uh-uh. What's wrong? Speak of the devil. Hello, Mr. Watkins. Hello,
2: Rita. Am I interrupting anything? Yes, you certainly are. But sit down, you old devil. I beg your pardon? Oh,
4: Mr. Watkins, this is Michael Waring.
2: Waring? Oh, yes. Yes, I've heard of you from Arnie Kessler. Why do you ask that? Why don't you answer it? Uh, I want to talk to Rita. <laughs> Get in line. I was here first. I'm afraid
4: I'll have to disappoint both of you. Time for my number. See you later.
2: Has Rita been talking about me wearing? As yes, Rita. I intend to. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here she is. The little lady you've all been waiting for to play and sing for you, Rita Vaughn. Thank you,
4: Harry. right that I hope will be a treat for you. It's a brand-new number that I wrote myself. And here it is for the first time anywhere. I hope you like it.
2: I wonder why she didn't come back to the table, Waring. She said something scared her... Didn't you see her face when she left the floor, Watkins? No, I didn't notice. That's why I wanted to get back here to the dressing room. So, there it is.
6: Well, I I said
2: said somebody's said. in there, yeah. Look out, Watkins. Let's see if the door's unlocked. Yeah, it is. Mr. Waring. Yes, Rita. Come to take you in my arms. No, not while you're waving shooting irons. Sorry, no, Waring. she missed. Yeah, so I see, Halloween. But let's not give her another shot at you. What are you doing here anyway? Helling her off. She's a crook. She
4: hit me. That's why I grabbed the gun. It was self defense
2: She's a crook, a grave robber. Did you hit her? We were arguing. Did you hit her? What difference is. Did you hit her, Halloran? Well, maybe I did. Then the gunplay really was self defense. I told you. Uh huh, but I want Halloran to tell me. Well, yes, it was. All right. Then I can let her go. Much as I enjoy holding you in my arms, Rita, I like it under different circumstances. Now, what went on in here? Well, when I heard her singing that song. Did you hear? I didn't see you in the club. I was over at the side, near the door. All right, you heard the song. Yeah. She said it was her song. She made it up. I did. Rex called me this morning. All hopped up. Here's
4: a new number. Plays it for me over the phone. It's this very song, wearing This very song. I played it for Rex. That's where he got it. He said it was his. We were going to publish it under his name. We thought it would be more popular. Look, I know Rex's style. You can't. I tell know it. his style, too. I was influenced by it, I admit that. But I wrote that song. That's a lie. Well,
2: even if it is, Halloran, is that any call to slug the yes. girl? Or did you just toss that in because you don't like Dane? I couldn't it's help it. blowing my lid, wearing I'm I'm sorry, but this crooked girl. All right, is. all right. Hold it. Rita, you say you made up this song? Yes. When?
4: This morning. Rex was working on a tune. It was something like this one, but not the same. Watkins, you were there, you remember. Yes. Well, then Watkins left, and Rex and I were talking, and all of a sudden it came to me.
2: And you played it for Rex? Yes. And he played it for Halloran? Yes, and he told me that... I the... know what he told you. Did you play it for anyone else, Rita, until tonight? No. And it's just your word against Halloran?
4: Well, yes, but I... don't but what
2: I... you hope to prove, Waring. Each one will stick to his own story. Oh, I think I'll prove plenty, Watkins. What? Who killed Rex Elberd? You what? I've proved who killed Rex Elber. Maybe that isn't as important as who wrote the music, but it should determine who's going to have to face it. Who, oh, Waring? Well, considering that Watkins is in deep to Kessler... And... Where'd you get that idea? Maybe from Kessler himself. You couldn't? Why not? Because I... Because I don't owe him. That's not what Kessler told me, Watkins. He didn't tell you anything. What makes you so sure? He told me he didn't. And there must be something he could... Rita, look out! Oh, oh, don't... Too late, Waring. Oh. I've got the gun from her. What good do you think it's going to do you? Well, there's one sure thing. Won't do you any good if you make a move. So stay where you are, all of you. I'm getting out of here.
1: Fifteen minutes have passed since George Watkins grabbed Rita's gun and beat a hasty retreat from the zigzag club. Mike has used that time to hurry to Arnie Kessler's apartment, where Kessler's thug, Rocky, has just ushered him in.
2: Here he is, Mr. Kessler. Yeah. All right, Waring, what is it this time? Well, I put you on kind of a spot, Kessler. I figured I ought to tell you. What kind of a spot? I told George Watkins you tipped me about his owing you. He grabbed a gun and cleared out. I thought he might come here. Thanks for the warning. I can take care of myself. Sure, still, I thought you ought to know. Right, but uh, how come he fell for your bluff? Oh, I guess he's out of his element. I imagine that until today, except for weakness for gambling, Watkins stuck pretty close to the straight and narrow. Yeah. And since he really is in the hock to you... Is he? ...his running out ought to clinch it. How do I know he ran out? Just because you say so? (laughs) Well, I see you're not as green as Watkins. Disappointed? No, I expected it. Well, that could be the answer to if I'm bluffing. Yeah. Rocky. Okay, Mr. Kessler. And just in case Waring isn't bluffing you, that's Watkins. Check him for artillery. Right. I want to see Kessler. Sure. Turn around. Why? So far you're right, Waring. It's Watkins. And when you get to know me better, Kessler, you'll never doubt me. I'm oh, All right, Mr. Kessler. Here he is. And here's his heater. Waring. Hello, Watkins. I've been expecting you. I should have known. You are on his side, That's Kessler. what he wants you to think, but if you shut up and let me do the talking... Well, certainly, certainly. Uh, might as well face it. I've I bungled again played right into his hands. Maybe, but now we have him on our home ground. Oh, please, Kessler, no violence. That's not I, what I had in mind. At least for now... As long as we're both here together, he can't play one off against the other like he's been doing. No, that's not necessary. I've proved my point. I wouldn't say so. You rattled Watkins. He lost his head. And came running to you. Why? To check on what you told him. He thought I might have lied about him. You mean he wanted to see if you told the truth about him? It's <laughs> no use, Kessler. I know he's in hock to you. Now that I know who the murderer is, it's the only thing that makes sense. Oh, you know that? Two? Yeah, sure. Waring, I know how it looks. Out of the talking, Watkins. Are you uh, suggesting that Watkins killed Elba, Waring? Oh, I haven't said that. But I thought... You he... shouldn't jump to conclusions, Watkins. Well, but then it... I, I don't understand. Unless you think I'm the murderer, what difference does it make if I owe Kessler money? My relation with him doesn't affect anyone else. It affects Kessler. But surely you can't think he killed Rex. Why, Why they didn't even know each other. I know they didn't. Well, then... Now, Wait. Elbert demanded an accounting with you today, didn't he, Watkins? Never mind, don't answer, but you know he did. And you've been juggling the account to pay off, Kessler, so you got panicked. Well, shut up, Watkins. Yes. All right, you told Kessler about the spot you were in. You paid off part of what you owed him, but there was still a heavy balance. Now, if Elbert sent you to jail, Kessler would never get his balance. So he killed Elbert to protect his investment in you. So that's it. How many times do I have to tell you to shut up, Watkins? I'm the one you have to shut up, Kessler. But before you decide on the rough play you so thoughtfully postponed before, you ought to know the police know I came up here. Yeah? You think I'd have stuck my neck out like this otherwise? Let's face it, Kessler, the jig is up. One thing I don't understand, Waring... What's that, Halloran? You said my argument with Rita about the song is what tipped you to the murderer. Yes, it did. But if Kessler's the murderer, he had nothing to do with the song. That's just the point. What? He didn't know, Elvis. Had nothing to do with him. Then how oh, could he... look, look, Halloran. Regardless of who really wrote the song, either way, we know that until last night, only you and Rita and Albert had ever heard the song, right? Yes. But when I was at Kessler's before Rita played it at the club, Kessler was humming the song. He was? He was. So I knew he must have been at Elber's. Remember Elber was at the piano when he was murdered? He must have been playing the tune when Kessler killed him. I see. Well, uh-huh. so that takes care of the murder. Now everything is settled except who really wrote the song. Oh, oh, that that's settled too. Oh, it is? Yeah, yes, I was wrong. Rita wrote it all right. We had a long talk and she convinced me. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite a dame, Waring. Quite a dame. <laughs> but you didn't like dames. Who, me? Oh, all I said was... Anybody who falls for a dame must be nuts. Uh-huh. Well, Larry, shake hands with Napoleon Bonaparte.
7: The Signal Oil Program. Yes, the Signal Oil Program? The Whistler.
8: hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors
7: of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler. Rated tops in popularity for a longer period of time than any other West Coast program in radio history. And Signal Gasoline is tops, too. Tops in quality. It takes extra quality, you know, to give you extra mileage. And signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. So look for the signal circle sign in yellow and black that identifies independently operated signal stations from Canada to Mexico. And now the Whistler's strange story. Letter to Melanie.
8: The tiny beanery on the main street was called the Heart of Gold. But the title bore little, if any, reference to the people who ate there. The miners, tranchants, local merchants, and people like Hal Benton. Perhaps the Heart of Gold held something more for Hal Benton. He was there regularly enough. Every time he came into town from the mine in the backcountry of Sonora. Hal's partner, Walter Reese, was interested only in the mail and supplies. But for Hal... Tall, young, and good-looking. There just might have been another attraction.
4: Well, what'll it be for dessert, Hal, honey? Anything your little
6: heart desires.
5: Oh, you mean it, Terry?
6: You know I do.
4: Oh,
5: fine. A piece of pie.
6: Oh, the pie, he said. (laughs) I'll
5: bet you baked it with your own two little hands.
4: Uh, Sometimes I don't think you'd notice if I had three. What about your partner?
5: How about Walter? Walt! Uh Huh? Oh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, nothing for me, Terry.
4: Okay, I'll get you pie, Hal.
5: Oh. <laughs> Another letter for <from> Melody, huh? <laughs> I don't get you at all. Joining a pen club, writing to some dame you never met. I don't get it. No, I I guess you wouldn't, Hal. Now, you take a good-looking guy like me... I why know, you're... I know. A good-looking guy like you. Have to beat them off with the club. Oh, I was just kidding, Walter.
6: Here's your slab of blueberry, honey.
5: Oh, thanks, you gorgeous hunk of
6: stuff. Oh, eat your pie, you two-timer. <laughs> uh, Hal,
5: we should be getting back to camp soon.
6: Oh, now, Walter, don't rush lover boy out of town. He wants to play post office.
5: Yeah, sure. Relax, Walter, relax. What's your hurry? Well, it's just that I Oh, you're anxious we... to get back to your typewriter, huh?
6: Hey, why don't you take in a movie, Walter? Do you good?
5: Well, I don't know. Uh, how much do I owe you, Terry? Uh, dollar three. Here. Here you are. Okay. Uh, look. What time do you get off tonight, Terry?
6: Oh, a couple of hours. Oh.
5: You know something? What? This pie is lousy. Oh. Well. Hey, you leaving too? uh, Yes, sir. I'm the impatient type, honey. Two hours is a long time. Walter's right. Got to get back to camp. Oh, fine. So I'll see you around, sugar. Come on, Walt. Come on.
8: It's back to camp for you, isn't it, Hal? Yes, with all your other interests. The mine you and Walter are working in the backcountry is the most important thing in your life. It's most important to Walter, too. Although he makes you wonder sometimes, like right now. Back at your camp in the hills, sitting across from you by the lantern, pecking away at the old battered typewriter. Another letter to Melanie. Melanie Lawton. Walter's
5: Correspondence Club, sweetheart. Walt, what's the good of all this letter writing to your bashful widow in Tacoma if you never plan to meet the dame? Well, perhaps I do intend to meet Melanie. (laughs) Sure, sure. You don't believe me, Hal, do you? Just because it doesn't mean anything to you. You can have any woman you want, anytime. Sure. You're handsome, Hal. Well, maybe you'll be surprised. Melanie's driving to San Francisco next week. No. (laughs) <laughs> really? That's right. And she intends to stop by Sonora.
8: In the days that follow, you wonder about your partner. He's acting nervously, and you're certain it has to do with a visit from his pen partner, Melanie Lawton. And then one evening on your next trip into town, as you approach the hotel,
5: Walter stops Suddenly. What's the matter, Walt? Uh, Hal. Yeah? Hal, I'd... Well, I'd like to go in alone. Could... Could you perhaps go on down and meet Terry, maybe? I'm a... Well, I'm a a little nervous. About what? About meeting her, Melanie. You really mean it? She's here? Inside, yes. That's her car up front. She wrote me about it. Well, well... Okay, Wallace, sure. Go ahead, go meet your girlfriend. (laughs) Wait, uh, are you going to tell her you're really Walter Reese instead of using that phony pen name that you've been using, uh, William Blaze? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I should, now. It surprises
8: you, doesn't it, Hal? Even more as you walk past the huge convertible car parked in at the curb. And then a thought hits you very suddenly, doesn't it, Al? The big car. What it must have cost. The money that Melanie Lawton must have to own it. And then another thought. Something Walter said. Something that suddenly has a new meaning.
5: You can have any woman you want, any time. Sure. You're a handsome Hal. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe you're right, Walt. I wonder just how lonesome your rich girlfriend is. (laughs) I wonder.
7: With the prologue of Letter to Melanie, the Signal Oil Company brings you another strange story by The Whistler. If you'll be needing new tires soon, you're naturally interested in getting the biggest allowance for your old tires. And biggest allowance is just exactly what signal dealers are offering right now. Yes, that sign outside signal service stations means what it says. Biggest allowance for your old tires on new, top-quality Lee tires. Not cut-rate secondary tires, mind you, but nationally advertised tires by Lee of Conshohocken. 47 years, the finest of first-line tires. Because of their exclusive double-life rayon cord construction, Lee tires have long been outstanding for mileage and safety. But today's Lees are so much finer, so vastly improved, they're actually giving 30 to 40 percent more miles. The secret? Lee uses long-wearing cold rubber and toughens it still more with patented high-abrasive fill-black O. For trouble-free service and safety, you just can't buy a finer tire than the handsome new 8 rib Super Deluxe Lee tire. And for value, you can't beat that whopping trade-in allowance that signal stations are offering now. So before you buy any tires, be wise. Find out how much your old tires are worth now at your nearest signal service station.
8: Your curiosity is aroused, isn't it, Hal? As it always is when there's money in sight. Any kind of money. And now you wonder if Walter hasn't found the real answer without knowing it. Yes. His letters to a wealthy, lonely woman, Melanie Lawton, who drove all this way to see him. And you decide that the situation is worth looking into. Yes. And a few minutes after that decision, you enter the hotel cocktail bar. Approach Walter and the woman who's sitting with him at the bar.
5: Well, hello.
6: What? Oh. Huh?
5: Oh. <laughs> Walter, you old fox. Well, aren't you going to introduce me? Uh, well, of course. Well,
6: this, this must be Mister Benton. Uh, yes,
5: Melanie. Uh, Miss Melanie Lawton. This is my partner, Hal Benton. How do you do? Hello.
6: Walter was just telling me about you, Mr. Denton.
5: Well, that's just like him. What'd he say?
6: Oh, that's a secret. He, I promised him I wouldn't tell you.
5: And you're not a gal to break a secret, huh? <laughs> well, here. Look, can I uh, borrow a stool here and buy a drink, huh? Well, no. Uh, Melanie, uh, Mrs. Lawton's had quite a drive. and She was just going to turn in, and I thought oh, it's,
6: that... it's quite all right, Walter, really. I don't mind.
5: Well. Your uh... Uh, thing's out of the car, Mrs. Lawton?
6: I know, they're...
5: Oh, bad service in a town like this, Mrs. Lawton. But I'll take care of it. That is, unless you'd rather, Walter, I don't want to interfere Uh, No, no, of course I'll do it. I'll be right back, Melanie.
8: You watch him go. Realize that he isn't angry, only embarrassed and confused. And you concentrate on talking pleasantly with Melanie (laughs) Lawton. It's easy, isn't it, Hal? Easy and pleasant. And in the next few moments, you turn on the charm all the way.
5: You know, Mrs. Lawton, uh, Melanie, I'm going to make a little threat right here and now. Oh? Yep. We're outspoken up here, straight from the shoulder. So I'm telling you, that partner of mine isn't going to have all your time to himself.
6: Oh, well, really, Mr. Benton? Uh, Hal. All right.
5: <laughs> You say you got to turn in, but I'm not going to let you get away with that. No, sir, not when there's a moon out and...
6: Uh... Oh, now, don't be silly. Huh? Anyway, here comes Walter. I've got to say goodnight to you both right now.
5: Okay. You can try, but I'm a stubborn man. Very stubborn. Yes? Oh.
6: Oh, Mr. Benton. Uh, how? Oh, Mr. Benton, really. I know, I know, I know. You
5: just said goodnight to me and to Walter. <laughs> he believes it, too. Went down to the depot. A red-hot game of checkers on tap.
6: Well, you, you don't believe it that I meant it when I said goodnight?
5: Not with that moon. Like I said... Oh, now, please. Oh, Melanie, I'm like a little boy at heart, really. I just have to drive that convertible around the block, at least.
6: I'll give you the keys. You can... Oh, have...
5: I'm not that much of a little boy. Oh, come on. Just around the block, Melanie.
6: All right. Just around the block, Mr. Benton.
5: How? Another block?
6: Oh, no, Mr. Benton. I don't think. Uh, that... uh,
5: uh, how?
6: All right. How? Another block.
5: Well, like I said, Walter, I was on my way down here about a quarter of an hour ago and I bumped into Melanie as she stepped out of the hotel. Hal, uh, uh, don't you think it's strange? I, I mean for her just to go to San Francisco without a word? Well, she told me to say goodbye to you. Oh, women are funny, Walter. Come on. Come on, let's get back to camp. Yeah. Yeah, let's do. Uh, Hal, I, I know this must seem silly to you, but Melanie's leaving like that without saying goodbye, well, well, it's kind of knocked me out. Do, well, do you think you could handle the mine alone for a couple of weeks? What? Why? What do you got in mind? Well, it's just like I said, this thing with Melanie ending like it did, it kind of Knock me out. And and if you don't mind, I'd like to run up to Sacramento and spend a couple of weeks with my sister and her husband. I'm, well, I'm just nuts about the kids. I think it's a good idea, Walter. A great idea.
8: You didn't expect a lucky break like this, did you, Hal? The one thing that worried you, how to keep Walter in camp every evening... While you gave your attention to the attractive and wealthy Melanie Lawson, it's been solved by Walter's decision to visit his sister in Sacramento. The next evening, dining with Melanie, you're very sure of yourself and your chance.
6: Hal, how come Walter didn't come in with you tonight?
5: Well, he's gone.
6: Gone? But I don't understand.
5: Neither do I. He just up and left for Sacramento. Told me to tell you goodbye for him.
6: But he wrote so many nice letters to me.
5: Look, uh, let's forget it, huh? They weren't wasted, the letters. After all, they brought us together.
6: Yes. Yes, Al, they did do that, but... Oh, I still can't see why Walter left like that. It's all so strange and... And yet so nice, too.
5: Sure it is, and it'll keep getting nicer if you decide to stick around. Look, you don't really have to go down to San Francisco now, do you?
6: No. No, it isn't important, really. I've been thinking about it, Hal, thinking that I'd sort of like to stay here in Sonora a while. Oh, it's such a lovely town.
5: (laughs) And the people are so friendly, hmm?
6: So very friendly.
8: There are other evenings with Melanie. Evenings when she picks you up at the bridge a quarter of a mile from your camp. And the two of you go for long drives through the countryside. The mine has become unimportant to you now, hasn't it, Hal? Because you've found another way. An easier way to make money. Yes. You've a definite plan in mind, haven't you? And one evening when you're
5: out with Melanie...
6: You're very quiet tonight, Hal. Huh?
5: Oh, sorry. Business on the brain.
6: Oh, the mine?
5: Yeah, yeah. And it looks like Walter picked another lemon. I had a different spot all staked out. Mexico, but Walter couldn't see it. Even Muller couldn't talk him into it.
6: Muller? Who's he?
5: Oh, C.J. Muller. He's a friend of ours in San Francisco. Pretty shrewd speculator.
6: Oh.
5: Ah, but Walter wouldn't budge. Says Muller's percentage of the take is too high. Maybe he's right. <laughs> Who'd be willing to take a chance on a couple of eggs like Waller and me?
6: Oh,
5: I see. Oh, look, look—it's too nice a night to talk about business. How about dri- driving over to Jimtown? You ever been there?
6: No, no, it's. Oh, well, you
5: love it, you love it! Turn right at the next intersection. <laughs> it's
8: done, isn't it, Hal? You've made the first move of the campaign—the subtle beginning of your plan to sell Melanie Lawton the idea of investing some capital in a Mexican gold hunt. And in the evenings that follow, you keep the subject alive, casually mentioning it from time to time, dropping a word now and then at just the right moment. Then you purposely avoid the subject for several days. And finally, at the end of the week, it's Melanie who brings it up again.
5: It's just what you've been waiting for. You know, it's a funny thing, Melanie, you mentioning Muller. I got a letter from him this morning.
6: Oh, still interested?
5: He's frothing at the mouth. <laughs> well. here, here, read it.
6: Uh, my dear Mr. Benton, I see could persuade your business partner, Mr. Reese, to accept my terms. I am certain that we... Oh, he is interested, isn't he? He wants to see you.
5: <laughs> yeah, I talked to him on the phone this afternoon. I told him it was still no go.
6: How... You're sold on this idea, aren't you? Going to Mexico? Oh, completely. And all you need is is ten thousand dollars.
5: Mm-hmm. Five thousand to start with, at least. What? What are you thinking about, baby?
6: Oh, nothing. Nothing at all, Hal.
5: <laughs> come on, come on, help me squander some quarters in that slot machine. What, huh? what
6: again? Hey, <laughs> yes,
5: sir. I have a hunch, Melanie. I'm going to hit the jackpot before long.
8: You're fully confident now, aren't you, Hal? Your little scheme won't fail. The letter from Muller was all you needed. It's an old letter, and you changed the date on it. But Melanie doesn't know that, does she, Hal? The next evening, you're at the bridge waiting for Melanie as usual. An hour goes by. She's never been this late before, has she, Hal? And you're beginning to wonder if something has gone wrong when...
6: Mom! Sorry, I'm late.
5: Well, you had me worried.
6: Oh, oh, really? Oh, I just got back from San Francisco.
5: Uh, San Francisco? Yeah,
6: and you want to know why? Here's this envelope. Huh? Open it. Open it. Go on. Go on.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, wait a minute. What's
6: this? Oh, it's, it's five thousand dollars, Al, and it's yours to get you started. I'm your new partner.
5: Oh, now, now, look, baby, look. I can't take this. Why
6: nonsense! It's a business deal. And I'm certainly old enough to know how to handle my money. And. And besides, I. I want to do it, Hal. Well.
5: <laughs> well, this calls for champagne, baby. A lot of it. And a very big evening.
8: You congratulate yourself, don't you, Hal? Everything has worked out as you knew it would. You could slip out of town in the morning, but you decide to wait a week or so for Melanie's other 5,000. The future looks bright, doesn't it? And the next evening, after you close the mine shaft, you drive into town. Suddenly, you almost freeze with shock at the wheel. Your partner, Walter, is standing at the entrance to a drugstore, talking excitedly to Melanie. You quickly turn a corner and stop the car where you can watch them unobserved. When Melanie leaves, Walter motions a nearby taxi, tosses in his traveling bag, and starts off in the direction of camp. You have to find out how much Walter and Melanie have told each other. You walk half a block and slip down the alley leading to the back door of Melanie's hotel. No one sees you as you hurry up the back stairs to room 204.
6: Hal. Hello, Melanie. You lied to me about the mine, didn't you, Hal?
5: I saw you talking to Walter. What did he tell you?
6: He didn't have to tell me anything. I knew something was wrong by the way he acted. Where'd he go? Back to camp.
5: Listen, he's putting on an act, honey. He's sore. He's trying to make trouble between us because you and I... No, you
6: I phoned Mr. Miller in San Francisco. Oh. He's been in Europe the past year. You you were very clever, Hal. And I was very foolish.
5: Okay. Well, what now? You want the money back?
6: What? I don't care about the money. What? That doesn't matter.
5: Oh, well, look, baby, look. We can straighten this out. Oh no, we... no,
6: we can't. What are you doing? I'm going to see to it that you never get the chance to pull this cheap trick again on some... Some other foolish
5: woman. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can have the dough back. I'm
6: calling the police, Hal.
5: No, you're not. Give me that. Give me that phone. Call the police, will you? It happens
8: suddenly, doesn't it, Hal? A moment of blind rage. Now, as it leaves you, Melanie slips from your grasp, drops to the floor. It was an accident, wasn't it? You didn't really mean to kill her. Melanie. Melanie! You drop into the chair at the desk. The clever little plan that was to put you on easy street has now led you down the road to murder. And it's all Walter's fault, isn't it? If he hadn't talked with Melanie, this wouldn't have happened. Suddenly your eyes fall on a sheet of paper flying on the desk. A letter. A half-finished letter. Melanie. Pick it up.
5: I find it difficult to write this, my dear Catherine. Difficult to admit I've been a fool. You were right all along. Becoming involved in the pen club was a mistake. And that mistake has cost me $5,000. I was stupid enough to let a cheap swindler take it from me. I don't care about the money anymore. I just want to forget the William Blades incident.
8: There, the letter ends abruptly. You stare at the lifeless body on the floor, then back at the letter. William Blake. the name Walter used when he wrote to Melanie. There's no mention of you in the letter anywhere. Suddenly, the way out becomes clear to you. Minutes later, you hurry back out to the alley behind the hotel. Unseen, you reach your car and race back to camp. Walter isn't around anywhere. An hour goes by and still no sign of Walter. Then shortly after 10, a twig snaps behind you and
5: Walter steps into the clearing. So you're back? Yes. I got in this afternoon. Where have you been? Out for a walk. Hal, I saw Melanie earlier this evening. You've got to give back that... Never mind about me. You better start packing. You're leaving. Leaving? Leaving? Unless you want to stick around to face a murder rap. (laughs) What? It's Melanie. She's dead. Dead? You... Maybe you'd better sit down. I'll explain the whole setup to you, and I'll make it real, real clear. You tell Walter
8: exactly what's happened, don't you, Hal? And you mention the letter Melanie was writing. The letter that will implicate William blake That everything will point to him. That you'll have to tell the police about his connection with Melanie Lawton. Reveal him as William Blade. Walter stares at you, an expression of horror on his face. Why?
5: Why didn't you destroy the letter? They, they would never have known about William Blade. I had to protect myself. I'm sorry it's you, Walter, but I had to have a clay pigeon. You're it. You, you'd really do this to me? I have to. But I'll do the best I can to help you get away. Now go on, pack your stuff and beat it. When the police get here, I'll tell them you took the car and headed for San Francisco. You can go in the opposite direction and get the jump on them. Now, here. Here are the car keys. (laughs) Happy journey.
7: The Whistler will return in just a moment with the strange ending to tonight's story. Where shall we eat? Where shall we spend the night? Those are two questions you'll be asking again and again if you do any traveling this summer. Well, to help you find happy answers to these questions, Signal Oil Dealers are offering free a 16-page booklet of selected eating and lodging places called Lane's Guide. This handy booklet is packed with useful information. It tells, for instance, whether the lodging place is on a beach or has a swimming pool. In the case of motels, it states whether kitchens are available. And so that you can keep within your budget, it states whether the prices are low, medium, or high. Naturally, no pocket-sized publication could possibly contain every good eating and lodging place. But Lane's Guide, which is prepared by an independent travel organization, includes a representative selection in 243 cities and towns throughout seven western states. We hope you will enjoy this latest step in Signal Oil Company's continuing efforts to make your motoring miles more pleasant. Remember, a copy of Lane's Guide is yours free while the supply lasts at any signal service station.
8: It's over, isn't it, Hal? And you're in the clear. Melanie is dead. And the letter in her room implicating William Blades will lead the police to your partner, Walter Reed. He knows that too, doesn't he? And you're certain the panic that grips him at the moment will force him to run. That's just what you want him to do. It will help to convince the police that he's the man responsible for Melanie's death. And now as you stand facing him across the
5: campfire... so. you thought you'd frame me, Hal. You'd better start rolling, chum. I know. Thanks for the car keys... Thanks. What's the idea? Are you crazy throwing the keys away? Now nah, nah, you won't be able to get away, Hal. You're confused, Walter. I'm not running. You are. Look, Hal. Down there on the road, a car coming this way. That red light. Must be the police. You must have made more noise in Melanie's room than you thought. and you fool, get out of here. The police can't prove I'm William Blades. I could tell them you're William Blades. I I think I will, Hal. You're forgetting one little detail, Walter. You and Melanie exchanged photographs, remember? Yes. We exchanged photographs. And I wouldn't be surprised if she still has yours in that hotel room. That would cinch it. She had the photograph with her, yes. Carried it in her purse. But it's not going to work out the way you figured. Oh, no? No. You see, I... Well, I never thought I was much to look at. You've always said you could get any girl, any time. You're handsome Hal. You never let me forget it. So when... Melanie wrote me as William Blades and asked me to send her a photograph, I made myself look good. I sent her one. I sent her yours.
7: Featured in tonight's story were Wally Mayer, Eddie Marr, and Sarah Selby. The Whistler was produced and directed by George W. Allen, with story by Joel Malone and Adrian John Doe, music by Wilbur Hatch, and was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. The Whistler is entirely fictional, and all characters portrayed on The Whistler are also fictional. Any similarity of names or resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Remember, at this same time next Sunday, another strange tale by The Whistler. Marvin Miller speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: That's it for the Relic Radio Show. This week you can find more from the Falcon, the Whistler, the relic radio show and everything else relic radio at the website relicradio.com. we've got a shoutcast stream up and running there as well with even more old-time radio as well as past episodes from all of the podcasts lots to listen to all for free thanks to your support visit donate.relicradio.com if you would like to help support us and come back next tuesday for another episode of the relic radio show